drunk are you? Jesus. This is Andrew Dice Clay. I don't give a fuck if he's deaf and blind and missing both his arms and legs. I don't need a free fucking chair. You want me to take my dick out? You see, now that wears. No man should ever pay for another man's denial. I play the big room. Top of the world, man. Every Saturday night. Thursday. Fridays. Thursday. Done. Test. 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 Okay, guys, we're back. Matt and Bob here, and this is the analysis. All right, good to be here. Bob, how you doing? Hey, doing great, Hayes. How you doing? All right, well, we got a special guest back again to help us continue with our expose on Showtime's Dice. His name? Greg Rot. Greg Filth. It's not my name. Yeah, it is. How you doing, Greg? So we've all seen last or this week's episode of Dice, episode four, titled Alimony. Uh, what were your guys' analysis? Kick it off, Greg. Go for it. Gotta say, it's pretty good. This is uh, going in the direction I was hoping the show would go in. Definitely builds on last week. What do you guys think? I agree. Um, this one made me feel a little bit like Californication, in a sense. Um, gave us some dark humor, and I'm sure we'll get into later with the bachelor party. Also, uh, gave you a little TNA, and um, I wouldn't say I was laughing a lot, but I definitely enjoyed it and enjoyed where the episode went. Yeah, I thought this was such a step backwards from last week's episode. I didn't really Whoa. laugh much at all. I thought it was so boring. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't honestly didn't like it. Oh, <laughs> so okay. Let's uh, monkey. Yeah. Well, all right. We start off with uh, Dice is buying a chair, and the the salesman is a mega fan, and he tries to convince him that he should hire him as his bodyguard, and then yeah, forces him to wrestle in the store. Yeah, that's the worst cold open of the cold opens, in my opinion. Um, it was like they were. It's like the guy who was. They couldn't get a good guy to play this Elvis guy, and they couldn't get a good guy to play this chair guy. They keep falling into these bizarre minor characters, you know, like the like the guest spots are always such duds. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and, and the, it was just it was it was all of a sudden, you know, the guy the guy creeps back up after the first encounter, and he goes, "Hey, you know, where's your bodyguard? I can be your bodyguard," and then. Uh, threatens to fight or offers to fight him or, or challenge him, challenges him to a fight and all of a sudden there's 20 people surrounding them. Like the entire score is there to watch <laughs> this Dice showdown and the climax of the cold open is Dice just turning around and cold cocking the guy. And anyway, But it does set up a little bit Milkshake coming in and trying to play the bodyguard later. So I think that's kind of what they were trying to accomplish. But I, I guess it was, it was all lame. the Milkshake storylines are so lame. It's like, yeah, then he, he's his bodyguard for a little while in the episode. <laughs> That's why I love Milkshake. He's just there because they were like, Dice needs a buddy. It can't just be him getting bossed around by his girlfriend who he refuses to marry. He just has this, like, loser pal who drives him around and or acts as a bodyguard. I, yeah, I think it's pointless, a but I get friend. a laugh out of it. Every yeah, exactly. Well, then uh, Dice's payment was that he'll get full access to him as like he a pays him in candy and then full access, yeah. And he's like, "Well, you're my best friend of uh, full access anyway." <laughs> so, um, 
yeah, so you, you this get... episode's called uh, it's called Alimony. Uh, Dice tries to get to work after discovering Carmen is still receiving alimony. The good news: a big meeting at the Tangiers Casino. The bad news: it's at seven thirty a.m., a time that's almost impossible to Dice to wake up for. Uh, I mean. Yeah. The... <laughs> All right, so first of all, the the, <laughs> the title card, Alimony, which uh, right after the jump, we get right into where I guess Carmen is receiving alimony payments from her ex-husband, uh, Dr. Lowenstein. I'm pretty sure is a character out of Dice's Act, if I remember. Uh, and she receives $538.35 a week, or something like that, which essentially pays for Dice's Denali payments. Product placement, correct. <laughs> Some yeah, major least, product placement in this yeah, one. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, close up on... I mean, how many times do they say Denali? About uh, nine times rapid fire in the in that scene. I mean, yeah. it's my Denali, and I can't just be having him pay for my Denali, and it's a Denali. You don't understand. A man should never pay for another man's Denali. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey man, someone's so, got to pay the bills. Yeah, we we, we get right into the uh, the alimony aspect of the show, and then uh, so what? Dice decides to take the moral high ground, seeks out Doctor Lowenstein, who is a, a dermatologist in town, uh, asks him to stop sending payments, which he is legally obligated to continue to do. So, <laughs> uh, but then the meeting turns into a impromptu. Uh, Skin examination where Dr. Lowenstein uh, finds a, 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 some, I don't know, a questionable mole on Dice's neck. Uh, which I don't know if that leads anywhere. It's briefly mentioned again. Uh, it's, I, I yeah, don't... it's basically to set up a bit later where he's like, I'm done with that guy. He's out of our lives, except for, you know, I got a meeting with him two weeks later to clear up the skin <laughs> thing. But, you know, other than that, he's out of our lives. So that's it was basically to set up that bit. Yeah, it was set up that, that little throwaway bit. I, I thought maybe we'd get some sort of like, uh, I see cancer. <laughs> that would have been, been dark. <laughs> yeah, we deal with that. <laughs> Can you imagine if he had like testicular cancer? Like the doctor's grabbing at my balls. I got his cold hands trying to feel around for a lump. Like, that having... would be. That's what I want to see. That's. <laughs> yeah, they usually they really uh, miss an opportunity there to give dice ball cancer. <laughs> Or prostate cancer, like, this doctor, I don't even know the guy, puts on a glove, doesn't even massage my shoulders, goes up the ass. Up my shit shooter. <laughs> uh, and then, well, and then, okay, so cut to uh, Dice's short on money, uh, ongoing theme. Uh, he's His manager bring, brings him news of a, a big deal with the Tangiers, a, a residency they're looking to fill a, a 200, 200 nights a year residency uh which would obviously be a big deal uh the trick is the meeting with the head of the casino is at 7 30 so pretty much the bulk of the episode becomes watching dice try to go to sleep at a reasonable Correct. hour <laughs> i kind of liked it though hayes um i thought it was funny yeah, i like the, him the sitting with outside the lava lamp. <laughs> Ten thirty, lava. The dice just staring at a lava lamp on his chest, and then What's it a- cuts to him at the table outside at midnight, smoking a joint and doing a new impression. This week's impression is Sammy Davis Jr. You are so beautiful. 
Why can't I fall in love? Andrew, go to bed. And then him shredding paper. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Shredding paper to stay awake is the most bizarre. Like, there's nothing else to do in the house. I guess I'll just shred this paper. <laughs> God, how do they how do they map out these bits? Like, all right, yeah, we'll uh, you know be sitting by the fireplace. We'll have this like you know corny music. I'll be you know smoke my pipe, and then we'll do the lava lamp, and then you know I'll just be shredding paper in my office. And yeah, it just looks completely insane. The paper shredding is so loud that uh, my my girlfriend's gonna come and offer to blow me just to shut up. Yeah, that <laughs> like wakes her out of her sleep. That was one of my favorite uh, Carmen lines where she's like. You know, come to bed. You know, maybe uh, you know, I'll, I'll suck suck you off or whatever. I'll help you go to sleep. And it's like this pity blow job. And Dice is like, you know, you could be a little more enthusiastic about it. And she has this like great line where it's like, What do you want me to say, Andrew? That I didn't hear the fucking shredder. That I was sound asleep and then I woke up of my own fucking volition, tossing and turning because I couldn't stop dreaming about sucking your dick. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that would that gets me going. That's yeah, that what I gets me hear. going. <laughs> Which is exactly what he wanted to hear. That I mean, that was kind of funny. And then that doesn't do the trick. He turns down the pity blow job because he can't make himself receive one. So he decides to wander over to the casino. Uh, Our old he... friend Brad Morris is waiting. Yeah, Brad Morris old comes Brad. back. <laughs> oh, Brad. Roll of a lifetime. Uh, who won't give him a stake because he owes the casino far too much. Um, and I, I've lost the plot. I, I, what happens after that? So after that, um, oh, Brett, right. He's Brett's like, Brad yeah, Morris's yeah. character asks him to, instead of, um, the stake or the, the advance in, in money, he asks him to go on a, a bachelor, uh, basically party bus and yeah. entertain the guys as a payment to the, to the casino because you know dice owes him so much money so and this is where the episode gets really dark because um well not really dark but in my opinion slightly dark because dice goes on the tour bus and again it's the mistaken identity where like some of the guys recognize dice and some of them think he's gene simmons um (laughs) this they've used this in every episode we're like i'm dice clay who (laughs) like yeah yeah So then, so then I think it's funny though. I think it sets up why he's like that. He's such a washed up piece of shit. I think it's really smart. Like they have to keep doing that to a certain extent because even us dice super fans, as we all know, we're probably the only ones who are watching the show. We're certainly the only ones doing a podcast about it. You know, like he's not the Breaking most it down. popular and most renowned. Yeah, exactly. Hey, man, we got 35 loyal followers on Facebook. Thanks for everyone who's listening that yeah. follows. Go and 35. follow if you don't. <laughs> uh, if you're not into the show, just listen to this podcast and you won't have to watch because we break down moment by moment. Uh, spoiler heavy podcast. Well, uh, and so, this brings it, and this brings us to our first full frontal nudity. Greg, hey. you didn't, you, uh, you, you didn't remember where that occurred in the episode. It is in the party bus when yeah. they, there's a brief shot of Dice licking some tits. Yeah, a little BN for you. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it must have been real, like brief. I was expecting like, yeah, that was incredibly brief. Yeah, I remember that. So the party brief bus pulls off full frontal nudity. Yeah. The party bus pulls off with Dice still on it, 
and he ends up just staying and ripping shots with these dudes. And eventually the the kind of, it, it's probably dusk or, or very late into the night, and they start making jokes about Joan Rivers. And yeah, Joan Rivers, just like trashing her, like, uh, oh, that, that, you know, she uh, was something about she's made someone uh, made out of so much plastic that you know uh, they took her to a recycling bin or something. I'm dumb. And Dice, you know, he's like, I'm I'm sure she would have appreciated that, but she was my friend. So how about you show a little respect? And then you know they kind of pile on and say, all right, we won't call Joan Rivers a dead worthless bitch, and Joan Rivers is dead, and you know so. Dice finally gets fed up, and he stands up, and he threatens to fight one of the guys. And he goes, you know, stand up and fight me. And the guy says, I would if I could. And the other bachelors on the party bus tell him that the guy is paralyzed. And that this is when it gets a little iffy for me. You guys remember this bit? Yeah. And wait, Dice wait, says... Oh, yeah. Well, he still fights him. Yeah, Dice punch, punches the paralyzed <laughs> yeah, he guy he slugs in him the in face. the face. <laughs> So he's gone to a fight with. You guys a, uh, recognize that actor, right? Uh, I couldn't place him. Was uh, he a Second City guy? That was uh, that was Timmy Mays. He did a bunch of stuff at I.O. in Chicago. He was like a creepy improv teacher. Yeah, oh, he was. Yeah, um, yeah. He was in um, Improvised Shakes, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a strong Chicago connection to this. Uh, people coming out to L.A. They're landing roles on Dice. Pretty soon after the Left, show debuts, right and center, like, yeah. Well, I think uh, Brad Morris, yeah, so. Brad Morris shows up as a producer on this. Oh, really? And I don't I know how that's possible because it, I don't. I he's don't worked know. on a lot of TV out in um out in LA. He's uh, I, this the names escape me right now, but he's written and produced for a couple of shows. Okay. He probably so. he probably had to buy his own casino manager outfit for the show, and thus they gave him a producer credit. There you go. Uh, also, yeah, uh, Dr. Lowenstein, uh, played by Michael Naughton, who's a very funny, uh, groundling, uh, out here. Uh, so that, uh, yeah, he also oh, writes cool, for yeah. Sunny. I looked up. He writes for Always Sunny as well. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he's a really funny guy. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> we move past the, the, the brief, uh, nudity, uh, which is listed in the uh, show's opening credits. Um, and yeah, so uh, and then so Dice wakes up on a uh, he wakes up on a boat in the middle of nowhere, like a rowboat <laughs> and a gondola. It looks like a almost yeah. like an Italian like Vienna gondola. So I guess we assume these guys totally kick his ass on the party bus and drop him at some gondola in, in, in a <laughs> I don't know, on a dock somewhere. The visual is very funny. It's a passed out at, at the ungodly hour of seven in the morning, <laughs> which he's apparently never woken up before noon in his life. Yeah. I am regularly at work at 7.30. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, it's the whole 7.30 is an obnoxious, like an unbelievable hour. I, I guess it's the comedy of it, but... Uh, yeah, it, it's it, a Brooklyn thing. You wouldn't understand. Yeah, yeah. as every shirt he wears, states. <laughs> every shirt of his mentions the fact that he's from Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. and it's black with some text on it. Yeah, we get exactly. it exactly. Uh, yeah, it kind of it actually looked like a like a Ford Fairlane scene. The, the stark, bright white light. It looks, I mean, it looks like it's high noon, not the early hours <laughs> of the morning. Uh, wakes up and wanders into his meeting at the Tangiers, which is actually where the strongest performance of the show for me occurs, where Lorraine Bracco uh, is playing the uh, Tangiers manager, Tony, with an I, who is a woman, to much to Dice's dismay and surprise. <laughs> but yeah, this actress um, 
I don't know if you guys watched Sopranos, but uh, that's I mean, she got big by playing the uh, psychiatrist or therapist on on the the show for a long time, and she's yeah. really great on that. Obviously. I uh, first I first saw her in a movie called Basketball Diaries, which is a Leonardo DiCaprio movie from the early '90s. She plays his mom, and it's a uh, heavy Le- drama. She's really good in it too. Le- Leo reference, everybody drink. Yeah, let her everybody drink. Uh, yeah, no, she's a great actress, and then uh, it, it's funny to, to see her play this very reserved uh, therapist on The Sopranos and then come in and play some big dick-swinging <laughs> casino manager. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if the story she tells is hyperbole or true about talking about her having the biggest dick of... I used to crack heads at Lockheed Martin. It's a place where the guys had a lot bigger dicks than anybody around here, and you know who had the biggest? No. Me. Yeah, but I love the fact that her persona is like essentially out dicing dice. Yeah. Talking about taking her giant cock out of her pants and throwing it onto the desk. Like, that was a very dicey thing. And he's sitting there going, what the? No, I don't want to yeah. see that. Uh, yeah, well, well, one, of the, one of the highlight quotes of the episode. You want me to take my dick out? No. You sure? Because I'll lay it out on this fucking table. It's big enough to make you blush. So yeah, that was a nice little moment, and but, then and then we get to the the big reveal of the episode where Dice's big breakthrough and huge, you know, money, you know, uh, uh, money pot of a of a job actually turns out to be nothing because he owes so much money to this casino that they're going to make him work for free to pay off his debt. They give him a beeper. Yeah, yeah. He becomes he uh, Tony's bitch, uh, and so essentially what he did on the party bus he's going to be asked to do for the next year i guess um yeah but he he's also on call gets to... in case carrot top cancels <laughs> yeah yeah uh but he... well and then okay so that happens and then the show wraps up you know he gets starts to get in the checks and all that the I'm, I'm wrapping this up that part because this to me seemed like what the pilot probably should have been right or at least the very first ah, episode good point good this point. sets up all of what I want this show to be. Dice, here's your big break. You're going to do, you know, the big room every Thursday or Friday, and you don't get paid shit because you owe us so much money. Now, there's only two episodes of the season left, but if there's more seasons, this is it. He's always doing a show and has to do shit favors for celebrities yeah, or other high rollers. What a like, great this idea. is the that's show. A great observation, Greg. Yeah, that's that's... Because, yeah, that, that creates a through line that you can not string episodes together. <laughs> I mean, it, every episode so far has been completely random. And I think it lacks any sort of, uh, like, continuity or flow or every show has been disjointed and, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's a well, great, also that's a great idea. Also, it explains, like, episode one, episode one, it's him. He's at that casino, again, needs some money and needs to go do this. The next episode needs some money. Again, he's always hard up for cash. Why this wasn't the first one. And maybe it was, maybe sometimes shows do that. They'll film one episode thinking it's this. And they ended up pushing it back a little bit for, you know, X, Y, and Z reasons. But this is clearly the setup for the show and should have been the start of it because it makes everything make so much sense. Right. Well, I guess they just wanted to draw in a larger crowd with the uh, hard hitting, uh, politics of the first episode paying for a gay wedding <laughs> right right there you go right subverting Topical. a five dollar atm fee uh and getting cash for a gay wedding <laughs> yeah that, that was- well that's a it's such a weird angle it goes from dice is cheap 
to Dice is broke. And that's two very different things. Yeah, he's completely Dice broke. Dice is broke. And ha- yeah. I guess... That's you- such a funnier angle. Like, Dice is broke. He's got to do all this shit just to get by versus five bucks. Like, I don't want to pay five bucks. Like, I don't want to see Dice be Larry David. I want to see Dice be the loser who has to eat shit after a whole career of being the king of the mountain. Yeah, if this was the pilot, it create Like, every episode, you could be like, oh, like, she... Th- this uh, casino manager has him by the balls and can make him do anything. Yeah. And then that creates scenarios where, oh, you know, it's not just like a party bus he shows up to and starts beating up the guys. But, you know, he's, he's got Carrot Top, <laughs> Carrot Top cancels, so he's got to go do this show, and this happens. And, you know, this whole, like, he's completely at the mercy of those people, and they can have him do whatever he wants. So that's that could create a lot more drama and funny scenarios versus just kind of coming up with stupid mundane like uh like like a porcelain dick shows or uh well <laughs> adrian brody's impersonating him and that just like all these one-off stuff they've been doing and i yeah, had could I have, have been a- like she orders he, brody goes to the tangiers and you know she you know makes dice work with brody instead of like this kind of random happening or meeting does that make sense yeah exactly no that that having that be the through line you're like Dice, I need you to to be in the show with Adrian Brody. You guys are gonna live together for the next couple of days and assume each other's personas. Uh, I I don't know something like that. Whereas, well, even think about the Chris Angel one, where it's like he's doing this promo as a favor. How about he has to do the promo because the casino has a deal? Like you have to do this promo; it's part of the job. Maybe Chris Angel's at the same theater he's performing at, and like he's already pissed off that he gets Saturday instead of Thursday. Like there's. I just think this is going to set up the show to be a little bit better if they decide to stick with it for the next two episodes. Nice. Who fucking knows? And also knows if the, who knows if there's even another season. But I, if there is, I severely uh, doubt this gets a second season. I I, I don't know what the ugh, rating. Does anyone yeah. know what the ratings are? Is, is that been coming in? I mean, I, it's only six. <laughs> oh really? I've been looking at the I've been looking at the Facebook page. The fanfare is amazing. People, Fans are loving it. People are loving it. I'm hoping it gets a second season. Because, I mean, six, honestly. It's six half-hour episodes. People have watched this entire season in an afternoon. Uh, anyone that wanted to watch it has watched them all. Uh, like, no one's going to watch it while they're doing laundry. Like. <laughs> yeah. this, this is a three-hour commitment, uh, if that. People have plowed through this immediately. I mean. I don't know. I mean, how many Parks and Rec would you watch uh, at a time? I don't know, like zero. Well, that's that's a <laughs> bad example. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd be it'd be interesting to see how. I mean, who's watching this week to week apart from us? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm ahead of you guys. So anyway, yeah. Well, you, wait. If you well, watch- you're ahead. Does it? Well, you. What do you, you think? Is it gonna? Why is do you it keep, keep down this path? Why do you keep watching the ones ahead? <laughs> Yeah, you. You also know we have this podcast every week. Yeah. I can't. I love it, man. I gotta get. I, I. I can't wait for the next one. I gotta get my the next episode in. I gotta stay ahead. So what? I, was, have you watched them all, or you've seen the fifth one now? I have seen the fifth one. I have not seen the final episode. Makes no sense. You get. You gotta wait a week to to put yourself on lockdown to be able to discuss it at all, and then by the time. Yeah, I know it's it's dumb. It's dumb, but I do it. That's what I've been doing. Oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, well, <laughs> that that wraps up episode four 
of dice, I think, right? Oh, oh, uh, no, yeah, we, we covered everything. Uh, that's that's how the episode ends. Well, oh, okay, so his deal with the devil involves him getting uh, a check every week for five hundred and thirty-eight dollars to cover the alimony amount. So Carmen for is none the wiser. Exactly. So now. Dr. Lowenstein doesn't pay for his Denali. Dice pays for his Denali. <laughs> Close up on the Denali logo and <laughs> fade to black. Fade to black. <laughs> All right. Well, that puts the wraps on episode four. Um, a little bit of a letdown for me personally. I didn't really find it to be funny. Uh, it was kind of a transitional episode, but I think it works better if you think about it as the pilot, like Greg was saying. Uh, I don't know. Just because the th- last episode was so funny to me, mostly because of the Julie Grundle uh, Wade Newton and uh, the word reference. <laughs> I don't know. But we'll, we'll see how it goes going forward. Uh, so moving on, uh, Greg, do you have any tales from the tour for us? Tales from the tour. I got to uh, I got to entertain uh, 48 technology titans, uh, 48 men and two women. Uh, the Second City ETC the other night, uh, and they would have loved to watch Dice. The girls on the stage were mortified. Everything they shouted out was penis, sexual, vibrator. They they can't get enough of it. It's uh, so we <laughs> several scenes. So, damn, Greg, so how much money people. did you own the casino to have to do that? Yeah. <laughs> no uh, shit. It feels like that sometimes. You you get some people. Uh, like I saw a show last night at Second City, uh, the new ETC show, and they, some people were in town from the NFL draft, and they must have bought an entire section because every everything they were yelling out was about football, and they mentioned the Broncos, they went crazy and blah blah oh, blah. God. But the way they behave, the way people behave in comedy theaters is so funny to me because the idea of sex is hilarious. <laughs> Dildo. Yeah. But if you're improvising it, they don't want to see it half the time. But dice is different. Like you can listen to this guy talk about blowjobs all for two hours and people do. But when you're making it up, it's like not as funny. It's, it's weird. That's hmm. why he was, that's why he was top of the world, man. Top of the world. Top ma. of the world, ma. <laughs> he, he, he gave everybody their, their, their deep inner cravings for sex and raunch. Uh, and that's why he was so popular. But, uh, yeah, so you had a lot of, That's what, it. Broncos fans in there, huh? Yeah, they were just, they they were peppered in the entire room. It was, God, they were just dressed. You, uh, you, I, we didn't know who they were at first, but you could tell based on the way they and their mistresses were dressed. Oh, uh-huh. Those guys in the giant oversized blazers, <laughs> bad jeans, and shirts that look like wallpaper underneath the blazer, and then... These wives or mistresses, whoever they were, covered in gold jewelry, head yeah. to toe, uh, like huge fake tits underneath, nice. like skin tight dresses. No, you say like nice, the but these look like those. Bus. Like, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a dice. It sounds party like the dice party bus. That's right. It's like they pulled out right here at North Avenue and just like loaded up the theater. Yeah, well, you probably didn't like see a- all the Green Bay fans because they were wearing camouflage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sounds like Second City meets uh, what Howl at the Moon for an evening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, now we're going to do a scene about uh, the Denver Broncos fight song. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to tip us to change that theme? <laughs> oh, yeah, play it on the Packers. <laughs> uh, 
cult. Yeah. Don't give them that idea because they will run with it. Well, Greg, you remember our most popular sketch um, back in college that we did based on a uh, an aggregate of all our most uh, su- uh, highest suggestions, and the scene became two gays pooping. Uh, on the f- ro- roll acclaimed. on the floor laughter. Critically acclaimed. Which brings us back uh, to our sponsor, Andrew Papa. Shout out to him. Shout out to Andrew Papa. Thanks again for the generous donations. Um, fortunately, we do not have time to include you on the show again. But he does but, support everything we say on this show. <laughs> yes, everything. <laughs> and we will have him on true. short. And also, uh, shout out to um, the podcast favorite bar, The Lincoln, home of the best Yelp reviews. <laughs> Exactly, the Lincoln, LA's or Venice's newest cocktail bar. If you're looking for egg white and methylamine, you know where to go. I do enjoy that drink. Uh, moving on, real quick. Uh, Greg has you have uh, some dice related news. <laughs> I do. I saw. I saw Blue Jasmine. He was fantastic. Uh, is uh, it was a good Woody Allen movie. Woody Allen movies are all. It's always a goddamn mistress somewhere. Every every time the guy is always fucking some seventeen year old girl. Like that's the source of everything. Uh, but Dice was uh, Dice was pretty great in it. Yeah, this is our uh, throwback segment. Uh, Greg, three years behind, finally <laughs> yeah. sees Blue Jasmine. Uh, yeah, it was a great movie. Uh, it kind of was. <laughs> I mean, you're like, <laughs> I saw it like cheering the entire time whenever got whenever dice got screen time he 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 plays i mean essentially playing the character he's playing now kind of like like a washed up blue collar yeah. guy yeah um but i was the scene where he is like at the party and like his wife won't let him tell any polish jokes i was like oh please <laughs> oh, yeah that please, was great please cut to the party where he's telling all the polish jokes <laughs> and I, I guarantee they filmed it or he Forced them to uh, let him do it, but I'm sure it got cut. We gotta find that deleted, find that, deleted footage. That. Yeah, <laughs> it's gotta be. <laughs> Woody Allen is talking. I, I let the guy in. I, I let the guy improvise for a while, but I, I just couldn't. It was God, I, 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 the, the things he was saying about the Polish. I mean, there's, I can't possibly include in my in my movie. It's just way too raunchy. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I'm doing hiring this guy. I mean, God, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I'm doing him a favor, but. Uh, uh, and lastly, Bob. Uh, the, the podcast falls apart at the second rate Woody Allen impressions around the 30 minute mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great Woody Allen. Well, in the spirit of dice, we got to include. Yeah, I got to get, got to do one impression a week. Got to get one impression a week. So we check, <laughs> we can, we can check off Woody Allen. Uh, uh Bob, you want to finish up with a with a news segment? You, you, uh, you want to? Yes. Um, to finish up, I was thinking I had a little downtime today, and I was remembering a comment that Greg had mentioned in episode one, I believe, where he thought that a great character or a dream character scenario for Dice, for Andrew Dice Clay to play, would be Frank from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And so I started rolling around some ideas in my head of different characters in film history that I thought Andrew Dice Clay would be perfect to play. Mine is the drumming teacher from Whiplash. 
<laughs> what, hey, uh... hey, 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 hey. <laughs> it's not my temple. <laughs> J.K. Simmons, yeah. 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 Oscar winner, J.K. Sonic role. Hey, hey, fuckhead! It's not my tempo. That's not my tempo. Now, 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 see, now, see, now I'm getting a little, now I'm getting a little annoyed. Hey, um, you don't know you, me. You're not, you're not getting my tempo. Yeah. So that was. You don't understand the jazz. <laughs> That's good. No, that uh, that would definitely be an that upgrade. Would, that would be a very different movie. That would be. <laughs> I would just love to see him have a chance the, at it. Because doesn't the because the guy like kicks his ass? I would love to see Dice roughing up this like nineteen year old kid because he's this drummer just beating the shit out of him. That'd be that'd be something else. Yeah. So. Uh, um, man, yeah, I'll. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll. Are you rushing or dragging? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also thought anything De Niro, pretty much, um, especially Taxi Driver, you talking to me. I'd like to see Dice driving around in the cab, talking to people about the filth in the city and how they got to flush it out. Um, those were the two yeah. that came off the top of my head. Anything De Niro, I, I would be hilarious to see Dice, yeah. Oh, uh, Meet the Parents? Even Dirty Grandpa. Oh, Meet the Parents would be great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> meet the Parents. <laughs> Ooh, a little thunder here in Chicago. Wow. Well, that uh, I think I think that spells the beginning oh, of shit. the end. I think we should cut it there and uh, come back next week with episode five. Uh, what, what's the What's the title on that, Greg? Do you have it? I do. The title is Sal Maldonado. Sal Maldonado. Oh, okay. This milkshake is... uses a fake name at a steakhouse. All right. To to appear mobbed up. <laughs> So I think we're going we're, right. we're going shake heavy, uh, which I mean, God bless. It's about him. time. It's about yeah. time we get a shake heavy episode. Yeah, at least we don't he, even know who this guy is. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> he's just around occasionally, and apparently they're friends. All yeah. right. Well, for uh, for Matt and Bob and our good friend Greg Rot, uh, Greg Filth, Greg Filth uh, Mr. Two Towels. Uh, this has been the. All right, next time. Hey, Tangiers, Denali. So how much they're paying you?